Praise the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This message is from the Glory Life City Church, where our man of God, the Apostle Francis, reveals the deep heart of God for the new creation in Christ. Glory Life City Church is a mandate from God to dispense the glory of heaven in the new creation in Christ. Cultivating the apostolic heart of God in the intimate bond of fellowship, love, and power. Join in as the Apostle Francis takes us into the Word of God. Still on the dimensions of glory. The dimensions of glory. And I'm doing part four of that. We are still talking about harnessing the glory life. And I'm on the dimensions of glory, part four. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We've talked about the glory as of the sun. Amen. We have talked about the glory of the Lord, of the Spirit. And we have talked about the glory of the Father last week. Amen. Today, I want us to begin another one. And today I am talking about the glory of man. The glory of what? Say with me, the glory of man. Say it again, the glory of man. Hallelujah. The glory of man. Or let's say the glory of the son of man. Hallelujah. Now when we read the Bible in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. The Bible said, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Hallelujah. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Praise the Lord. You know, so it is important to understand that the glory is not only found within the triune um, body of God. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, which we have spent the last three weeks talking about. But by extension, when God created man, God breathed into him, hallelujah, and that breathing into man was an impartation of the glory of God into man. Are you here with me? So that by that very action, man has become a career of the glory of God. I thought that would excite somebody, hallelujah. By that action, man has become the words, the career. Man has become the career of the glory of God because God breathed into man. Are you here with me? And when God breathed into man, what actually happens is that God poured himself into man. Are you here? God poured himself into man. So everything that is inside of God left him and then found another resting place, which is the man. And that the Bible says through um, Paul, the Bible says that that is a mystery. Praise the Lord. So as you sit here, whether you like it or not, 
If you attempt to take God outside of you, you cease to exist. Praise God. What if you take God out of you, you cease to consist. That's what the Bible said in John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. You cease to consist. If you take God out of you, your body will disintegrate. Your head will fall here, your hands will fall left and right, your leg, one will fall there. Why? Because what puts you together is not the skin, it's not the skeleton. What puts you together is God that has been placed in you. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? What puts you together is God that has been placed inside of you. Extremely important. So because of that, there is a level of operation in God that involves man. There are certain things that when God decides to do without the involvement of man, it is not possible. Praise the Lord. Without you agreeing with God or cooperating with God, it is not possible. Without you saying yes to God, it is not possible. Amen. Are you getting the point here? Without you saying yes to God, it is not possible. And it is not because God is afraid of man, but it is because God has put a portion of himself into man. And he cannot become who he is outside of that. So God needs man to be complete. Are you getting something here? It, it, is, it, it is a great revelation. It is a mystery that the ages have not been able to contain fully. You read the Bible in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul tries to explain how that this mystery has been bothering the ages. And God, through Christ, is trying to bring revelation to that mystery. How that God can put himself in a human vessel. And that human vessel, as small as it could be, still contains the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Are you getting here? Are, 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 you, are we together? How is it that you sitting there, maybe uh, five feet tall, maybe, I don't know your weight, maybe 80 kg, hallelujah. How that this guy contains all of God, take it out, okay. How that this guy contains all of God, and yet this God is so huge. This God is bigger than everything, yet he is inside of you. Hallelujah. Yet he is what? He is inside of you. How is it possible? Are you hear with me? How is it possible that the God who is above all, the God who is above the gods, the lords, yet he is inside of you as tiny as you are? Some of you are not very tiny though. Someone like uh, Anthony Tiny. Amen. But so, someone like Papa Nudia, no, it's not tiny. So God is big in him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is somebody here with me? It is a mystery. 
And Christ, you know, we have talked about how that Christ, through these seven dimensions, has accurately, the Bible calls him the express image, has accurately represented God and shown the fullness of God. So we have seen that dimension of the Son of God. We've seen the dimension of the Spirit. We've seen the dimension of the Father. Now we want to investigate the dimension in which God expresses, uh, Christ expresses the glory of God as a man, as a person, as a human being. And that is where I think I can relate to you now. A lot of us, we are limited to this point because we have not yet seen ourselves in the light of the Son of God. We are still man, flesh and blood. Praise God. Yeah, the son of Mr. Asan. Flesh and blood. Are you getting the point here? Are you here? The son of Mr. Afol is flesh and blood. So we are still dealing with issues of hereditary, genetic, uh, uh, you know, trans transmissions. We are still dealing with characters and things that came from grandfather and came to father and came to son. And why? Because we are still in this realm. We have not yet transitioned into the very first place of the son of God yet. We have not yet realigned our genealogy. Are you getting the point? Hallelujah. Are, are you following? I hope you understand what I'm saying. Okay. So, there is this dimension in God which calls for cooperation with man. With who? With man. Very important. The Bible says in Amos chapter 3 verse 7, it says that surely the Lord God will do nothing but he revealeth his secrets unto his servants and prophets. He will do nothing. So there is a place in God where God will not do anything until there is a cooperation from his servants and his prophets. By principle, it means that there are certain things that God will never do until man is agreeing with him. Praise the Lord. There are certain things God will never do until man agrees with him. Until man comes into a certain, you know, a, a certain connection with him. Hallelujah. Until man comes into a certain uh, uh, alignment. Are you here? Until man comes into a certain what? A certain alignment with him. Extremely important. So when we are talking about the glory of man, we are talking about that dimension of God where God operates, where God is expressed within the vessel of the man. Amen. How you can manifest God as you are, a man as you are. Hallelujah. Oh, are you here? How you can manifest God as a man, not as a son of God, as a man. As a what? As a man. Jesus you know, sometimes you read the Bible, you see it. You see it being used interchangeably. You see Jesus being called the Son of God. At a point, they call him the Son of Man. Hallelujah. He is the Son of God. At a point, he's also what? The Son of Man. What are the differences? Let me quickly do that. Christ as the Son of God is a revelation that we participate in. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ as the Son of God it's a revelation that we participate in. 
You know, we talked about the glory as of the Son. As the Son of God, He is a revelation. He is revealed. We participate in Him as the Son of God by faith. Because here is a man who is born of a woman, born of a virgin birth. We know Him as a person. We know Him as the, as the man of Galilee. Hallelujah. We know Him as a guy who grew up in Nazareth, a small village. We know him as, uh, according to what the Pharisees know him, we know him as somebody who was a glutton and somebody who was a wine biber. Are you getting the point here? But beyond that, you need a revelation of him as a son of God in order to be able to relate with him. So Jesus operated as a son of God by revelation. But he operated as a son of man by, as a pattern, as an example. Hallelujah. So Paul says that we have a high priest who has the feeling of our, of our infirmities. We have a high priest who is just like you and I. So when we deal with Christ as the son of God, you may have an excuse. Amen. But then he says, no, he is not just the son of God. He is also the son of man. He is just like you. He went through everything just like you and I. Yet he was able to do what he did. So that he, by an example, so the Bible says, looking unto Jesus. We don't look unto Jesus as the son of God. We look unto Jesus as the son of man. Are you here with me? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And he says that, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured. This was not the son of God. It was the son of man that had to endure the cross. To endure means that he had to experience the pain. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. At a point operating as the son of God, they thought he was hungry. In fact, he himself said he was hungry. They came back. He said, no, 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 no. I have another level of eating, another dimension of feeding. So as a son of God, there are a lot of things. If you go through the ministry of Jesus, you will see him operating as the son of God, defying a lot of us. And at another point, as a son of man, he is just what we all are. He went to a party, isn't it? In John chapter 2, he went to the party in the wedding of Cana. He went to a party and he changed water into wine. It, it, it is not uh, Don Simon, wine. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Change water into wine. He had the reputation for a party guy. They called him. He said, they said, they said he, he, likes, he likes dining with sinners. How many of us heard that? So because of that, the Pharisees didn't like him. It's like today you are a man of God and they, said, they saw you at the party because of that they won't come for your program. That was Jesus, the son of man. Hallelujah. Are you getting something here? He said, no, this guy, he, he, he sits with sinners. He, like, everywhere you go to stadium, he's there. You go to party, he's there. He's a fan of Shatawali. SM fan. Hallelujah. He's a, son of, he's, he's, he's a fan of Stone Boy. We don't like him. What kind of man of God is this one? Praise God. What kind of man of God is this? That was the report in town. Amen. That was a report in town to the point that when he went to one meeting and Mary Madeline came, because Mary Madeline also has a reputation. You know, it's like area girl. Everybody knows that this girl here. 
Any guy we see with this girl, we suspect. Then in that meeting, Mary Madeline comes and she comes to use her hair and then to, she'll be wiping the feet of Jesus. How romantic. It was like, ah, we said it. You see, you see the way the lady is, is, is conning. We, we knew it. Hallelujah. It's not, if today, if it was today with Facebook, oh, somebody would have taken a picture and then we'll be spreading it. Look at Jesus. The guy you said is a son of God. Look at him with the most popular Ashawa in town. Hallelujah. So he is the son of God and also the son of man. Very important. You must understand that. And as a son of God, we know him by revelation. As a son of man, we know him after his example because he is like us. Praise God. Look at something here. Look at something. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 to 17. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. Are you there? The son of the living God. Praise God. He came to them and asked them, What do men say that I am? Tell me. He says, No, people are saying you are Isaiah. Everybody was trying to connect him after the flesh. Peter said, No, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So the Son of God is known by revelation. Are you here with me? The Son of God is known by revelation. In Hebrews 12 verse 2, he's talking about looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now set at the right hand of the throne of God. The Son of Man. Listen, the glory as of the Son in the realm of the Son of God is to bring us into participation. And that is what Revelation lies, participation. When we catch revelation, we partake. We become a partaker of that which we have seen. That is how we grow in the spirit. What is revealed to you, you become a part of it. Are you here with me? But then, the glory of man after the order of the son of man is to bring us into the position of power. Yesterday we talked about, sorry, last Sunday we talked about the realm of judgment. How many of us remember that? In this dimension of glory, the glory as of the son of man, it is the place of power. Are you here with me? Power only flows through the veins of the son of man, not in the veins of the son of God. Praise the Lord. It was the son of man in Luke 4 that went into the mountain to pray and fast 40 days and 40 days. And the Bible said, and the spirit of God came upon him. The spirit of God did not come upon the son of God. Hallelujah. Concerning the son of God, you have to be able, maybe one day, one day, yeah, I will deal with it. But concerning the son of God, the Bible said that, and God gave him the spirit without measure. Hallelujah. 
But the son of man had to be baptized by John. The son of man has to go into the wilderness and fast and pray. And the Bible said, and the spirit of God came upon him, the son of man. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Power does not flow after the order of the son of God. Power only flows after the order of the son of man. Is somebody here with me? Extremely important. In this dimension of glory, the virtues of God are activated in the human vessel. The power of God. In Acts chapter 10 verse 38, look at something. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There is a reference. Not Jesus from heaven. Jesus of Nazareth. The place where people don't matter. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody? I don't know and I don't care about your background. What makes you the man or the woman that you are? But may the anointing of God rest upon your head. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and with power. Hallelujah. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Benjamin of Clagon. So when we mention Clagon, we know the kind of Benjamin we are dealing with. But we say God anointed him. Hallelujah. When we mention Clagon, when we mention Tishi, we are looking, we are looking at a particular kind of man. We are looking at certain characteristics. Hallelujah. You see, a lot of people are not in touch, in tune with the glory because they have always made it look like it is only God. But there is glory resident. He says there is glory in me. Hallelujah. There is glory inside of you. It is time you activate it. It is time you stare it up. Is somebody here with me? It is time you stare the glory up. I was saying, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Maybe the Nazareth was a limitation, but God, after the order of the Son of Man, anointed him. Praise God. Say, I carry glory. Say it like you mean it. I carry glory. How God anointed the guy who didn't go to school. How God anointed the guy who didn't know how to speak English. How God anointed the guy who came from a weak family, a poor family. How God anointed the guy who didn't know how to dress. After the order of man, God anointed. The place of power is the place of the man. Is somebody with me today? Hallelujah. The glory of the Son of Man. This is the place of power. We, yes, there is a place of judgment. But then there is a place of power. Power is necessary for daily victories. Power is necessary for daily progress. Even in the world, power is what drives every system. Power drives cars. Power drives plants. When there is no power, everything is on a standstill. Hallelujah. Power is necessary for daily triumph. 
daily victories. You don't need power to lay hands. No, we have not gotten there yet. You lay hands once in a while. You live every day of your life. You have issues to deal with. You have challenges to overcome. Are you here with me? You have breakthroughs that you must get. Power is necessary for daily living. And it, it, that is why God in his wisdom has connected power to the very estate you find your comfort in the Son of Man. Praise God. So power can find you right after the order of your definition. You don't need to change yourself before power can find you. You only need to know what to do. The keys. Praise God. So, if only I was born here. If only my parents had money. If only I stayed here. If only I went to school. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Is somebody getting it? I, I, I wish something would enter you. So, stop saying, if only I went to school. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth was the worst in its time. It was a small village. It is known that Nazareth at the time of Jesus was about 12 houses. Praise the Lord. 12 houses. Klagon is bigger. Lashibi is bigger. Sakumona is far bigger. Sprinters, bigger, bigger. Praise God. He came from that place. You can imagine. No, imagine a village with only 12 houses. There definitely will not be school because the children there will not even be up to 100. Are you thinking about it? But God found him to anoint him. I have news for somebody. Irrespective of your background, may the Lord anoint you with power. May the Lord anoint you with grace. May the Lord, may the Lord anoint you with wisdom. In the name of Jesus, after the order of the Son of Man, may your life be lifted into the room of power. Say, I receive it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We read in Revelation where we saw the seven dimensions of the glory represented in the sun. And right now, you see, so when we are talking about the glory of the sun of man, we are talking about the seven stars in the right hand of Jesus. The seven stars in the right hand of Jesus. And that expresses the angelic order of the new creation. I think some months back in the, in the fitness in the way we, 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 we talked about that. If you have not been coming for fitness in the word, the Lord have mercy on you. May the Lord exempt you from what he is coming, he is bringing on this earth. God is coming to punish this earth. Those who don't come. <laughs> Hallelujah. May you find mercy. The, the seven stars in the right hand of God expresses the angelic order. Look, every human carries an angelic aspect of him. I want you to understand something. And the first expression of that angelic dimension is what, you know, religiously we call it the guardian angel. How many of us believe that everybody has one angel guarding him? How many of us believe that? We have been taught and we understand that everybody has an angel that looks like you. You see? So it is easy to embrace that one. How is that possible? Because there is an angelic dimension to your existence. Amen. There's an angelic dimension to your existence. And that dimension is a dimension that needs to be activated. It's a dimension that needs to be engaged. 
It's a dimension that unlocks a certain dimension, a certain level of glory in your life as a person. Hallelujah. So let me quickly, let me deal with that. So you see, the, the, the seven stars, I think we read about it, I'm not going there. But you see the seven stars in the right hand of Jesus, representing a certain dimension of glory, which is the glory as of the Son of Man. And we are talking about that place of the right hand which is the place of the son of man listen the place of the son of man is the right hand of god the son of god is not seated at the right hand of god the son of god is in the loins of god apostle francis will be right back we hope you're enjoying this message we would love to have you fellowship with us you can locate us at the shalom motors junction leshebi of the Ashaiman Mungwa Highway for our Sunday Glory Celebration Service at 8 a.m. and our Prayer Line Service at 5.30 p.m. Welcome back to the message. Glory to God. Now let me show you something. God himself in this announcement, he says, This is my son. This day have I begotten him. This day have I given birth to him. So the son of God has a place in the loins of God. But the Son of Man has a place at the right hand of God. Praise the Lord. Jesus came on the earth, not from the right hand of God, from the loins of God. But he goes back to the heavens for the right hand. Because he came as the Son of God, he goes back as the Son of Man. I get the point here. So the place of the right is the place of the Son of Man that tells you the kind or the level of value that you command in the heavens. Amen. It is that place that makes it possible for the human to be able to transition and experience the supernatural. Because there is a place reserved for the man. The right hand is not just a dimensional place it is actually a realm it is a place it is a position of authority it is actually a claim to presence you get it that means that because jesus as the son of man is seated at the right hand eternally the man has access into the realm of god praise god you know, it is like when when I say when I say that um, Pastor Saga is my right hand man, that doesn't mean that he always works with my works at my right. So that when we are going somewhere, he will be at my left. Sometimes even behind me. But when I say right hand man, I am talking about a certain kind of privilege, a certain kind of function, a certain kind of access, isn't it? So Jesus seated at the right hand of God is not just a place; it is a privilege. And the Bible says we are seated together with Him. Glory to God. We are seated together with him at the right hand of God. I get the point here. It is a privilege. Say it's a privilege. It is an access. We have access in the Son of Man to release or to reveal a portion of God. The glory of the Son of Man. Praise God. Hallelujah. The glory of the Son of Man. And look at something here. Let's look at something in Matthew chapter 21, verse 9 to 15. 9 and 15. 
9 and 15. He says, And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The verse 15 says that Hosanna to the son of David. They are talking about Jesus Christ. I'm dealing with the issue of the son of man here. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And he goes on to say, and when the chief priest, verse 15, and when the chief priest, the people were calling Jesus the son of David. Praise God. They were calling him the what? The son of David. One guy, is it bland by Timaeus? When he needed healing, called him the son of David. Praise God. I said, power only flows after the order of the son of man. Anytime Jesus operated after the order of the son of God, he had opposition. When he said, I am my father, I won. The Pharisees came up. Why should he say that? Hallelujah. But when he operated as the son of man, he had reference. That's why they likened him to Isaiah. They likened him to Elijah. They likened him to Moses. They likened him to all the prophets who had come because it had been done before. Are you here with me? So, Blind Bartimaeus calls him son of David, receives healing. And this time, the people are praising him, calling him son of David. And the Bible said, and when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were displeased. They were not happy. Praise God. They were not. They were not happy. Why he has so much fans? And look at something. Jesus now meets these people in the chapter 22, verse 41 to 46. He meets them. And look at what is happening. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them something. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? I'm sure maybe Jesus was watching them. You know, when they were giving him fast, he was watching the Pharisees. He was watching their face. When he got them in one corner, he says, okay, let me ask you something. What do you think of the Christ? Whose son is he? And they say unto him, the son of David. They say the same thing. You are the son of David. And look at what Jesus said. He said unto them, how then does David in spirit call him Lord? Saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. Go on. If David called him Lord, how possible does he become his son? Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, Jesus has a very funny way of messing people up. The people didn't know him. As a matter of fact, they denied him. They denied his sonship with God. 
They even said that you, he said, before Abraham was, I, I was there, I am. And they were angry they wanted to kill him. So they didn't want to commit and describe Jesus after what he had told them. Hallelujah. So they now say, okay, if the people are calling you son of David, okay, what is your, who is that? You are the son of David now. That's what everybody is saying. They didn't want to commit. And look at what Jesus said. He said, and no man was able to answer him a word. Neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. Jesus was not denying that he is the son of David. But he wanted to betray the, 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 the intent of their hearts. Because this is how it works. Until you perceive him as the son of God, you cannot receive him as the son of man. Are you hear me? Until you perceive him as the son of God. By revelation, you cannot receive him as the son of man. The people had received him as the bread of life, the son of God. Hallelujah. What happened to them? He fed them in the wilderness. What you perceive of God will determine how you are able to receive him in this dimension. Glory to God. Until you perceive him as the son of God. And it is the same with men and women that God has set in our generation and in every generation of men to dispense grace to the church. Praise God. It is the same. Until you perceive a man after the order of God, you cannot receive him after the order of man. You will look at the way he's dressed. You will look at the way he talks. You look at the way he, he walks, you know. What kind of man of God is that? Hallelujah. Until you perceive him as the son of God. That is how you receive from people. I said, a lot of people don't know how to receive. Reception begins with perception after a higher order. Praise God. You see, for example, listen, for example, you will see somebody, eh? There is nothing honorable about the person, yet everybody is bowing to them. And you go and inquire, why are they bowing? Though they know that this guy has problems, they know that this guy is annoying. It's because they know that he has money. They know that he has power. So they have perceived him in a higher dimension and that has positioned them to receive this guy with all his weaknesses and problems. So everyone is insulting and say, yes, sir, master. <laughs> Hallelujah. Especially politicians. You've been insulting people who are older to me, their fathers. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Honorable. Honorable. Forgive me, sir. Because they have perceived him in a higher dimension, so they have no problem receiving him in the lower dimension. That is how you receive from God. Until you perceive him in the dimension of the Son of God, you cannot receive him in the dimension of the Son of Man. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Extremely important. How do you enter into this dimension? Let's quickly end. How do you enter into this dimension? How do you engage the dimension of the Son of Man? Because it is the place of your manliness. It is the place of your humanity. 
But inside your humanity, God has hidden his glory. Inside your humanity, God has placed his glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Inside your humanity, how do we enter into that dimension? Number one, two things. Number one, self-denial in consecration and in holiness. Self-denial. Self-denial. Without self-denial, you cannot enter into this realm of power. You cannot harness the power that exists in you by the glory of God. Self-denial. Living in self-denial. One of the things that we are glorifying in these last days is self-interest. Self-worship. The Bible talks against it. Self-worship. Nobody wants to be offended. We want preaching that will make us feel good. Everything is about what can I get. Amen. You can talk to people, be brave, you talk, want to do this, let's do that, let's do this, let's do that. The last question is, so what can I get? What is in it for me? Even if they don't ask you, they'll be thinking about it. What, what, how can I benefit from this? Hallelujah. Until you deny yourself, you are not a candidate to this dimension of glory. There is a price to pay. And it begins with the sacrifice of pleasure, the sacrifice of comfort. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? The sacrifice of pleasure and the sacrifice of comfort. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23 to 24, it says, And Jesus said to them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. How many days? Daily. Sacrifice. Denial. It is the key into the room of power. There is no power in your life, not because you don't have the Holy Spirit. There is no power because you have not entered into the dimension where it operates. And that dimension begins with denying yourself, sacrifice, denying yourself certain pleasures, denying yourself certain comforts. Praise God. Are you here with me? Denying yourself certain comforts, giving your life to things that will empower you, not things that will make you comfortable and accept any other thing that comes to your life. Praise the Lord. Sometimes, a lot of us, we are too comfortable with our lives. Somebody said, comfort, the comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing happens there. It's a place we sleep. It's a place we rest. Some of you, your comfort zone is your family. Praise God. Every day, my father, my mother, my father, my mother, my father, my mother, 25, my father, my mother, 28, my father, my mother, 30, my father, my mother. By the time your father and mother will die, you will say, ah, you are nothing. Praise God. Hallelujah. We cannot, the price for power begins with denying yourself. Jesus made it very clear. Denying your what? Yourself. Price for power. In everything, business, ministry, marriage. Marriage, he said that a man will leave his father and mother. Ministry, you will leave. There are some people, 
they are not able to do ministry. Not because they are not called, not because they are not anointed, simply because they are struggling to leave certain things, to leave parents, to leave certain comforts, to leave certain circle of friends. Because when they say go here, it's very possible now you have lost a lot of friends. Are you here with me? Hallelujah. Let me just by example, some of the leaders here, Pastor Francis. So, Papa, I'm going to take her. I'll come tomorrow. You go, Papa. Uh, then it will become three days because he has, he has gone home. Comfort. What? Comfort. Difficult to break away from. It is not a sin, but it will deny you a lot of things. Praise God. When we were growing up, our fathers told us, those who were traveling, looking for greener pastures, I mean, today, it is today people travel to America, they come back, after one, one, one year they will come and visit, and they will go again. Those days, 10 years, they don't show up. 15 years, they don't show up. Hallelujah. They paid heavy price. But today, you see, Latogin generation. Even by the time he goes, he has made his airport, uh, his play, what do you call it, plane tickets fair, available for next year, next year, December, I'll come. I'll come, I'll, I'll go and uh, do, you don't take out, we call something anchors. I'll go and do, I'll come and spend Christmas and go back again. They will come for two weeks. So I look at them and say, hey, you, your fathers and your uncles, they go 10 years, 15, 20 years. Sometimes someone will come, they now have to be doing family introduction. This one is your sister's uh, firstborn, your brother's this, this. Uh, come, come and greet your uncle. Then they will carry all of you. You'll be greeting like that, greeting like that. But today is not like that. Hallelujah. But because our generation, the last thing they want to do is to sacrifice. Everybody is seeking comfort. One old man told me something. Let me just chip in this one. Say, see, you people. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when you walk with wise people and you don't ask questions, say, in fact, you are a fool. Amen. You see, to get one piece of wisdom from a hundred-page book, it will take you about one month reading. It's very possible you may even miss it. Because it is hidden in just two sentences in the middle of the book somewhere. You will read and read and read. The day you will get there, your friend will come and visit you. Then you will skip and continue from Sanada. But when you have people who have results, one question, what they will tell you, you will not find anywhere. Praise God. We were talking and talking, and then I asked him, let me just chip in this. I asked him about, why is it that? We were talking about this, so this woman, woman thing. I'm not a fan of this woman thing that goes on. So if you have any, don't bring it to me. Hallelujah. It's very possible you and I will not agree. So we we're talking about this woman thing, and um, there was a particular issue where a lot of the ladies were making a lot of arguments. That uh, they should, whatever, uh, something had happened in a marriage, and I think the woman has been abused. And then we're like, hey, she, she, she shouldn't even spend an extra day in the house. She should leave as soon as possible. So we're talking about it. And then the man said, You, this young generation, you know your biggest problem. And I said, no, Tell me. Says, your biggest problem in this young generation is that you place happiness over peace. We place peace over happiness. Hallelujah. You place happiness over 
over peace. You place flamboyance over stability. We place stability over flamboyance. And when he said to me, I said, I said but, but everybody deserves to be happy. He says, no. If you chase happiness, you will never find it. If you chase peace, you will get, you will get happiness. Me, I, mean, I can't stand in a place where I am not celebrated. You will keep moving and moving, but the time you realize you have been moving all your life, never found a place to settle. I've used people like that. Me, I can't tolerate, I can't tolerate a lady who doesn't respect. I can't do that. They have changed women like 20 times. They are still finding another one. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that has become the bane of our generation. We cannot sacrifice. We cannot deny ourselves certain things for the sake of what we desire to attain. We want greatness, but we won't pay the price. We want power, but we won't pay the price. Number two, that leads me to the number two. Number two, fasting. Praise God. Fasting. This month of August, we'll be doing some 14 days. Towards the end of the month. For the leaders, we will meet after a year and we will discuss. Hallelujah. Fasting. It is a key into the realm of power. There are many kinds of fasting. Hallelujah. I don't teach Jacob fasting and Joseph fasting and those things. Daniel fasting. No, 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 no. no. I don't know where those things are found. But I know what Moses fasted. <laughs> but I know of the fasting of the soul and the fasting of the flesh. There are more. But these are the two I want us to talk about. The fasting of the soul. Where you, 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 know, you work on your soul. You deny your soul. Fasting is all about nourishment and life. It's about what? Fasting is all about nourishment. So to either supply nourishment or to take nourishment. Hallelujah. You supply nourishment to receive life. You take nourishment to take away life. So in fasting, that is all we are doing. It's not about food or it's about nourishment. You can be, you can be fasting from food, yet your flesh is still strong. Nothing has left your body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Some people can fast from food and they will never fast from the soul. What is the difference? Let's read some scriptures. Hallelujah. In Psalm 35, verse 13. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. Says I humbled my soul with fasting. And my prayer returned into my own bosom. I humbled my soul with fasting. You go on in Psalm 109 verse 24. There's another one. It says, my knees are weak through fasting. Uh -huh. This one is fasting of the flesh. How many of us have fasted to that point before? Where you are, you are praying and then you'll be shaking. Hallelujah. Then you have to lie down. And you bring, and that one too is dangerous. If you don't take that, you will sleep. You will enter into another dimension. 
<laughs> Praise God. Says my knees are weak because of fasting. That is the fasting of the flesh. So there is a fasting of the soul. There is a fasting of the flesh. The fasting of the flesh is basically denying yourself food, which a lot of us do. Amen. But look at something with the fasting of the flesh. Listen. You fast and you break at a time you are so conveniently satisfied. You didn't fast. There is no record in your body you fasted. Are you getting the point here? It is necessary that in the fastings you must be hungry and overcome the hunger not with food. Are you getting the point? Are you hearing me? I'm talking about how you can harness your body for the flow of power. You don't fast. So imagine you are fasting. You, you intend to break at two. By the time you are being fast, even the two you forgot, you have been busy. And, hey, it's two or it's two. But no, you're not hungry. You didn't fast. Too. You, you have not fasted. Don't deceive yourself. You have not. You ask your body, today, have you fasted? It was, uh, everything is normal now. Everything is strong. That is the reason why a lot of us will fast. We will break, eat, and still there is nothing happening to your body. Because you didn't fast. The only record that you fasted was that you were hungry and you overcame the hunger, not with food. Hallelujah. When Jesus fasted, the devil showed up at the time he was hungry. And he offered him food. He says, no, I will not live by this. I will live by the word. Until you have overcome the hunger, not with food. Not that the hunger, the, the stomach, then is, there, are, there are certain sounds. <laughs> when those sounds start, and the sound that you'll be hearing certain beats, then you go and get food. No. You, you, you got hungry, but you quenched the hunger with food. You didn't fast. Because the only time you are fasted, it's not the time you have spent, so the only time you have fasted is the fact that you were hungry and you denied yourself the food. That is the only proof that you fasted. Amen. So if you have enough capacity to go up to six, and by six you are still fine, so I'll finish the fast, let me go and eat. No, continue. Go to eight. The hunger has still not come. Go to ten. The hunger has still not come. Go to twelve. Keep going until you become hungry. And now you know that you have reached there. This is the place I can see I have fasted. So whether you will break with food or you will break with the word and prayer, that is where you define fasting. Praise God. That is how comes in the Bible. They didn't fast for 40 days. They didn't fast for 3 days. They fasted until they finished. And then the record came out that they had fasted. There is not a time God called for fasting and defined the days. Define how many times they should fast. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, we are now living in a structured um, time frame. So because of that, every time you want to plan it, everything you want to plan it, so we'll do 20 days, we'll do 21 days, we'll do 40, we'll do 60 days. But you must go until you are done. Until you are what? So there is nothing like 6 to 6, 6 to 12. You know, you know, you know that. Even the 6 to 12. You will work, you will work five hours in it. You will check one hour in it. By the time you are done, you are not hungry, yet you think that time is up. Charlie, uh, man. So because of that, when people are fasting, they want to get busy. They will get busy till five o'clock. And then, shabadaba, shata, shagata, shadadada. Waiting for six o'clock, they are waiting. 
5.45. And between 5.45 and 6. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is the fasting of the flesh. Until the hunger has been overcome, you didn't fast. I get the point. Do you understand it? So when you are fasting, it's all six to six. The boss is some did it, Dabi Dabi. A boss is who could a common day was who could did it. May common day and then pray. See, there's so much in Rabbi Yakata Kata, Alabramba Dadaya. You start meditating. You are reading the word. Sometimes you'll be reading it, you look like you are dreaming. <laughs> Hallelujah. See this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Until you overcome that single moment of hunger, you didn't fast. You didn't fast. Then there is the fasting of the soul, denying yourself, the, your soul, the things that ministers to them. It could be certain meetings, certain friendships. It could be certain comforts. Hallelujah. It is that one. Paul talks about it. For a man and a woman who are married, since when you are fasting, agree to stay away from each other. You don't fast from food and be feeding the soul. How can you hear the voice of God? Praise the Lord. But he says that it should be agreed upon God. Maybe not two of you are fasting, only one. So you have to ask permission. For the next 14 days, I am waiting on God. Hallelujah. If you are a lady, then the guy will be looking at you. Say, oh, something wrong. Anytime you say, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. I hear me. Fasting from the soul. Then that is what a lot of people don't do. Some people will fast from food and they watch TV the whole day. So your soul is, still, so you are praying and you're, you see, you are praying, yet your mind is still active, running, processing a lot of information. You are, you are deceiving yourself. Praise the Lord. You are deceiving yourself. If you keep feeding your soul, then your soul will be too strong that the flesh will not matter. When your mind has something to think about, you can't meditate. There should be nothing to think about. Then God will fill you with his thoughts. A lot of us, there is always competition in our minds as to what to think about. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Yet you are, it's like, you see, it's like your mind has an agenda. Number one, Adam FM says something. Number two, election, something happened. Number three, you heard that somebody has shot somebody here. So you are praying. Then you are, the mind is just calculating everything. So where, where, where cry was this person going that the armed robber shot him? Why, should, why didn't he run? You are praying, but the mind is doing all of this work. What you face, ah? Fasting, you worrying yourself all this while. Hallelujah. Are you hear me? That is how to enter into power. Fast the soul into humility. Fast the soul into submission. Stop watching certain things. Stop listening to certain things. Stop going to certain places. Sometimes separate yourself from certain friends for a while. There are certain friends, they, you know, this if I go there. Two days. This week, I won't call anybody. Let there be some sanity in your soul. Do you understand that? I, I get the point here. Let there be some sanity. Let there be some, some correctness. 
You are surrounded with all manner of people concerning Lord. The Bible said in Acts that because he was surrounded with all those people, the Bible said that his righteous soul was vexed in him. His righteous soul was what? Was vexed in him. I pray that you receive grace in the name of Jesus Christ. You want to jump on your feet and begin to thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your voice and thank the Lord. Give God a praise in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice. Give God a praise. Lift your voice. Give God a praise in the name of Jesus. I hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information, visit our website at www.glorylifecity.church and connect with us on social media at Glory Life City Church. Contact us on 0266-384105 or 054-984-6235.